You are listening to Beyond the Verse, a Star Citizen podcast. A show dedicated to Cloud Imperium Games, Star Citizen, and Squadron 42. Whether you fight, explore, unite, and or trade, we bring you news, updates, interviews, reviews, and analysis. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a pour of Radagast, and join us as we go Beyond the Verse. Launch sequence activated. And hello, friends. Welcome to Beyond the Verse Star Citizen podcast with your host, Solus. This is episode two, and we have a very filled uh, show to get through. Um, Got my Radagast gold next to me. You'll see me take a couple of sips of that uh, joy <laughs> as we go throughout the show. Hope you got one with you as well. Whether you are listening to us at the gym, walking, running, however you listen to this podcast, I hope this finds you well. And thank you for letting us in um, as we go beyond the verse. So last week we had the inaugural episode and it was a phenomenal conversation uh, in my mind. And it turns out quite a few of you really enjoy the dialogue that myself and my dear friend Conniff had um, about how we became into Star Citizen. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was a really good conversation, the highs and the lows, what drives us to continue to play, what do we do in the lulls, like 318, how it's, I would say this is probably a lull moment in the game. What do we do uh, to buy time? And then why do we keep coming back to this game? So if you haven't checked it out already, obviously on YouTube and on podcasts, go check out that conversation. It's lighthearted, really no agenda. Um, it's just two dudes who came together and started playing Star Citizen about a year ago. Uh, actually, he has me beat. He's probably at two years at this point. So it's a really good conversation. I would like to take this time to talk about... Um, the the experiences in game since last week uh, since leaving uh, the show on Thursday and coming back to you this Thursday it, it's been um, man it's it, it's been an up and down uh, experience and so uh, I kind of wanted to walk through my experiences and then I wanted to share uh, an unfortunate experience that my brother my older brother um, experienced that evidently a lot of you out there. Are, are going through. So I just, I want to address kind of both um, as we go into this little segment, if you will. But me, I, I actually have had a great time in game. I've actually been able to log in. I've gotten past the, the world boss of 30K and 60K and 90K and whatever other K exists out there. It's like Russian roulette, right? Like <laughs> you want to log in, you want to play the game and you're like, I don't know if tonight's my night, right? <laughs> um, it's been good for me. I've been able to log in and, and really enjoy myself. And, and maybe that's because half the community is um, is partaking in, in the PTU, the 3.18.1 that's going on right now. Um, and the, um, I'd say the majority of the community is still you know playing in the PU, the Persistent Universe. Um, maybe that's why it's smooth. But then I also took time to dabble in 3.18.1. Uh, and it ended up being um, pretty pretty smooth. Like I enjoyed my time in that as well. Here's a word of caution, though. Three eighteen 
in the PTU was also smooth. And then we all know what happened when it hit the PU. So I think there's like a, a word of uh, caution. Um, right now, it's pretty stable if you're able to get in. I'll, I'll get into the, the 40K here in a second. Um, if you're able to get in, it should be a pretty good experience for you. Um, and it has been for the past week for me. Enter uh, my brother about two days ago. Uh, it ends up getting the what I'm dubbing the terminal illness of a 40K. And this error is 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 actually it's actually pretty frightening. Um, a 30k is like a disconnect between like client side or server side. It, it's a it's just a simple disconnect. If your internet flickers, you're gonna hit a 30k. Usually, it's on the game side. A 90k, I I think that's something to do, and I'm gonna misspeak here, but I think 90k has something to do with like authenticating, um, like a profile or an account. So there's like there's like reasons for some of these codes and you can go into the website and check it out yourself. But here's this 40 K. And again, like I said, it's actually kind of frightening because I'm pretty sure it's account bound, but it's a, it's a corruption message. And so once you get this 40 K you're done, like there is no workaround, or at least we haven't discovered the workaround yet. And that unfortunately happened to my brother, uh, again, two days ago. So I'm over here prepping for a podcast, loving the Lord, loving the dev updates, doing all the things. And then I get this message from my brother, um, obviously, you know, live it upset as, as, as rightfully so come to find out it's happening to a lot of a lot of individuals. So there's this 40K, uh, again, I'm calling it a terminal illness that we all kind of need to watch out for, just be ready for. <laughs> if that hits, it's probably time to pick up like EVE Online or <laughs> or another game. I know Harry Potter is evidently like really good. Um, it's probably good to like separate yourself for a little bit before you drive yourself crazy continuing to try to log in. Um, I will update on my Twitter. I will update on my Instagram. I will update as soon as I know a workaround. I will do my due diligence, I guess as an alleged journalist at this point. Um, I will do my due diligence of communicating that workaround. So stand by for that. Um, otherwise, <laughs> if you're if you're able to get in and, you know, um, you're able to play. It's it's smooth. It's been a great it's been a great experience. I'm interested to see what happens uh, whenever they do roll out the 318.1. And there's actually an update from Zylo um, I want to address probably midway through this conversation. So let's let's talk about the show. Um, I have a new segment, which I guess everything is new when you're only talking like episode two. But I've got a new segment I want to introduce to everybody called a community spotlight. Um, I want to celebrate an individual um, who's making some uh, pretty cool impacts on the community. I want to celebrate that. Um, I want to address the uh, news and the lore drops that took place in this week in Star Citizen um, kind of throughout this whole entire week. Then I want to talk about, I guess, the feature the feature segment for today, I want to talk about like what is Star Citizen, and I think just beyond the description of the game, um, this is also the most grossing, uh, as in like money. It's the most grossing game. Actually, it's the most grossing media of all time. It beats movies. It beats video games. And we'll get into some of those numbers here in a second. I think you'll be pretty surprised about what we were able to find. And then last, uh, we're going to do a lore deep dive. So it's interesting. I, I actually, 
read somewhere and there's it exists in many places whether it's a a twitter response or it's in reddit or in the comments on the website there's this idea that a game that's been around for 10 years doesn't have any lore have you clicked on the galactopedia like it, it is one of the most robust worlds to dive into possible um, I mean, it, it, from the from the RP side of things, you got you have news articles, you have videos, um, but the depth of where they're going now, none of it's like released in the PU at this current moment. But we've got new um, solar systems, or not solar, right? But new systems like the Tyrol system, uh, the Genesis system. We got some information on that as well. So there's plenty of lore to go around so we will always kind of end our show with a segment about lore uh, a lore deep dive and i'll come up with like a sexier name at some point but for now lore deep dive so without further ado um i want to get into the community spotlight and first incoming message yeah we got sound effects (laughs) i've used uh i've used a company for uh, three years now at this point as a content creator. It's Monument Studios. They do a phenomenal job creating um, license-free, right? Um, they create you know music, sound effects. Uh, and I want to introduce that one to you because I want to introduce the community into the email segment of the community spotlight. If you have questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, feel free to email us and more than likely you're going to be read live on air uh, and I will address any and all things. I mean, challenge accepted. I, I will totally do it. Uh, I look forward I look forward to the discussion. But you can do so at emailing us at starcitizenbtv, bravo, tango, victor, at gmail.com. And again, we will read them um, try to read through all of them but if we end up getting inundated obviously we'll have to choose what is appropriate to the the show but I look forward to seeing some of those. So we will have a point where we will read your emails. I'll send it out in a tweet and an Instagram to remind you but please get involved. I think it'd be an exciting time for everybody just to get into the community and and get part of the conversation. Uh, In other news, the community spotlight, I wanted to celebrate. I'm going to screen share. If you're on YouTube, I'm going to screen share this. But I want to celebrate Twitter user Rubensaurus. And that's twitter.com forward slash the Rubensaurus. He's a co-founder of Salty Dogs SC. That's an in-game organization. Um, But more importantly for me, um, he is on his own accord on his own time, he is going through and he is creating screenshots or uh, wallpapers for your phone. Uh, And he's doing it with like most ships. Uh, Every ship that I would want him to have done has been done. So if you go to his profile, scroll down, Here's an example of the Aegis Saber Raven, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous ship, by the way. Uh, But the Saber Raven, scroll down a little further, he's got some ground vehicles, the Anvil Ballista, or Ballista. Uh, Scroll down even further, uh, the the MISC, or M-I-S-C, Endeavor Discovery. What's cool about this one is he actually had a poll a couple of days ago asking which version of the Endeavor we wanted, and he went with the one that was most voted on. So very community-focused individual. Uh, Go get Give him a like, go give him a follow. Great products. Again, I just wanted to take a moment to celebrate um, something that he's doing, again, on his own accord. I think community um, 
community can make or break a game. I think we all know that. We've all played that game, Call of Duty, that <laughs> that has that community. That I mean, if you're not like meta and the best of the best, stay off comms. Like, be safe. Uh, but when it comes to this game, I think the community at least my experience with the community has been really nothing but good. It's been nothing but um, this kind of investment. You've got like myself creating a podcast. You've got Ruben Soros, who's creating wallpapers. Uh, Joran, Joran, um, he's obviously a major content creator for uh, Star Citizen. He's got this 890 Jump whole community. If you get an 890 Jump, reach out to him and you'll, you'll be added to his community. There's some really cool things that throughout the next couple of weeks, I want to introduce you to and make sure that again, as a brotherhood of uh, in sisterhood, familyhood, whatever is appropriate now, um, <laughs> this family that we've got going uh, on at Star Citizen, it, it's super special. We want to share it. We want to celebrate it. So, all right. <clears throat> Next, uh, I want to go into this week in Star Citizen. Every week, and I think I said this on the first episode, but every week, Star Citizen does a really good job um, being persistent, uh, consistent, with dropping like certain information on certain days, and it really sets up content creators like myself uh, for success. Like we know what we're going to be getting on what day, we know what to look for, and it gives us plenty to talk about. Um, so. In this week in Star Citizen, we had on Tuesday, we had a Galactopedia update. I alluded to it earlier, but we had one full-length article and 20 short articles, uh, all dealing with really interesting information. Um, I think think probably the most important for those of you who paid the money to commit or pledge to the Perseus, the Perseus now has an installment. Um, on the Galactopedia. So that's super awesome, exciting. Um, in fact, let me just, I'll do it again, screen share. So if you're on YouTube, come on over, look at my screen. Um, and then obviously if you're listening on podcasts, come visit us on YouTube and you'll see what I'm looking at. But uh, here is the full length article, Equivalency, right? equivalent to a secondary education. Basically it's their like uh, their college, their version of college. Uh, but then the short article is super interesting. The Perseus already just mentioned it. It's a, uh, it's a ship. Um, it's a bomber, if I'm not mistaken, a heavy bomber. In fact, let me just, I don't want to lie to anybody. Uh, gunship. Yep. Yep. It's a gunship, heavy gunship. Um, and then we get into like a whole new system, actually two new holes two new systems. We have the Tyrol system, uh, and then we have the Genesis system. So if you're interested in reading about some of the, um, some of the planets, the belts, the, um, like habitations on these locations, this is the place to go. Um, and when I say short articles, again, if you're watching the screen, short articles is, is it's literally just a little paragraph, right? So if you have 10, 15 minutes of your day, it's a good idea of like where this game is going. And, and I'll just kind of like, I'll go one step further. If you have the chance, go to the star map. Um, and if you're watching my screen, RSI, go to apps, go to star map up here in the top right, go there. Um, you're not going to be disappointed. 
it's kind of the future of the game and we all dream as star citizens as as gamers in this universe we all dream of the of of that one day that all these systems are inhabitable all these systems you can go to there's jump points between the systems Uh, that's kind of their vision that's their that's their end state Um, we're obviously not there yet having just stanton and 4.0 will have pyro so we're getting there though and the tech advances that they're doing now is expediting that process so every thursday there's an inside star citizen uh, some really good videos on tech and dev developments and i know that doesn't interest everybody but hopefully that's something i can bring to you in this podcast is like the so what factor Right, so there's been several dev updates and videos on procedurally generating like rivers and mountain systems and how they're able to do that to scale. Because you're gonna have to do that at scale. When you've got 40, 50, 60 systems, um, how are you going to create those fast enough where it's not my grandchildren playing this game, you know, in 50, 60 years? So that's <clears throat> it's some very interesting information. Again, I will try to encapsulate that in this podcast, kind of summarize it, make sure it's digestible um, and get it out there. So you, you don't necessarily have to waste your time if that's not your shtick. It's definitely mine. Game development is a passion of mine. It's something I love getting into. So I'll do the work for you. Happy to do so. So that is the uh, Galactopedia update. <clears throat> Again, go spend 10, 15 minutes in it. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was Wednesday. Now, this wasn't like a This Week in Star Citizen feature. It was just something that happened on Wednesday. And I think it's good information for us to share um, with the rest of the community. And so Xylo, if you're not familiar with Xylo, again, Xylo, Xylo is the uh, head of community. It's uh, Galaxta, uh, Galaxtica, <laughs> the social media manager, uh, Jake Acapella, the community manager. They all report into, uh, and oh, I don't want to leave Fre- Freya. Uh, so Freya is also a part of that team as well, but they all report into Xylo. Um, he dropped a an announcement in Spectrum, which for new listeners or new people to the game spectrum is like it's actually a really cool system it's a communication system that lives both in game and out of game so if you're at work you can be reading and communicating with people at home or in game Uh, it's actually a really awesome system but that's where all the announcements um, come through so I wanted to share the Star Citizen Alpha 318 testing update, which again has some pretty interesting uh, information. So I'm going to go back to screen share, YouTube. Obviously, you can see my screen at this point. Um, let's get into the update. And I'm just going to start quoting. Star Citizen Alpha 318 testing update. And again, this is yesterday. Uh, it's Wednesday at 9.57 a.m. Hello everyone, we would like to share an update regarding our plans for the upcoming 318 patch releases. Following thorough discussions with our publishing and development teams, we have made the decision to implement a fundamental change to our testing process with the objective of shortening the delivery time to live. In order to increase our efficiency and remain on schedule for Alpha 319, 
we will be conducting simultaneous release management of both the 318.1 and 318.2 patches. I don't know anybody else out there who's like me, but if you're sitting there thinking, yep, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, so you know, I trust CIG. Uh, I, I I don't I don't know what the latest patch update did for a lot of the trust, but um, this idea of simultaneous release management of both patches at the same time. It's a little frightening to read as a fan of the game, um, just because we've had so many issues with 318. Now, the other side of that coin, can they walk and chew gum at the same time? Yeah, probably. They're probably professionals in their craft. I would imagine so. Uh, but 318 doesn't—it doesn't work right now. <laughs> so, so this idea of like multi-management um, of, of of releasing—it's—it's it's a little scary. Um, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Let me get back into the quote. <laughs> we have locked 318.1 for external testing, and our development team is now hammering away at it with a set of updated load testing tools. While load testing has always been a part of our process, we are making changes to incorporate this new method of locking and doing final load testing internally for all future releases. Break. So this is where I would love to have somebody from CIG on this podcast. And one day we'll earn the clout. One day we will be in front of a CIG dev, no doubt. But I'm, I'm curious about this. A lot of a lot of people were saying that um, 318's barriers or the issues with 318 launching, it was the it was the lack of involvement of of the PTU that uh, shocked everybody. It was this wave of persistent universe uh, gamers that came in and just things started falling apart, right? So that was the external load testing that he's mentioning. Um, I'm curious what benefits uh, or what looks different or what they're testing different or like, why is this way better? Why is doing something internally of locking and final load testing internally? Um, why, why doing that internally? Why does that make more sense? I think that's a great conversation. Um, I'll, I'll leave it there. I just I think there's more to dive into. I would like to know what that looks like from a again a fan of the development. Continue quote. <clears throat> we are eager to start testing 3.18.2 on the PTU with all of you potentially as early as tomorrow Thursday. By testing 3.18.2 and locking 3.18.1 in this way, we believe we can save time to help us reach our upcoming major milestones. This will also make space for us to create the 319 branch as soon as possible. So we can start the process of preparing to go to PTU soon after the release of 318.2. So there you have it, right? So again, 318 is a little, it's a little little, uh, unbalanced. It's a little unstable, Um, but they're looking at launching 319 like as soon as possible. And to do so, they're trying to take out steps for 318.1 and 318.2 i hope it works 
I mean, as a fan of the development, as somebody who has criticized uh, in a positive way, but has criticized CIG for like taking a decade to launch a game, um, I hope they can expedite what this looks like. It'd be it'd be great. Um, I think a lot of people just want a working PU though, uh, and I don't know what that looks like. I I don't know. As a podcaster, my job is to is to release the news, maybe add a little bit of an opinion to it. Um, but I don't I don't have a proposal. I don't know what that looks like. But I think somewhere in the middle, there's got to be like a middle ground. Let's move faster, but let's make sure that what is playable is still playable. Um, and I would say it's still playable for the majority of people. I, I don't want to get that misunderstood. Um, but it's painful for a lot of people. And so talking about 319, I guess this early, um, I don't think it's going to rub a lot of people the right way. All right. The last quote, it was important that we communicate this to you early so that there is no confusion when 318.2 rolls out for testing despite 318.1 not having hit the live servers yet. We're excited about this new approach and hope it will bring significant improvements to how we roll out our regular content. As always, we sincerely appreciate your ongoing support and look forward to seeing you in the verse. I mean, okay, so so here's I, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I, I again am also excited. Let's get rid of some of this, you know, um, this this lead time in between events yeah let's get rid of it right let's let's shorten the distance you're, you're gonna have to in order to release a game that's uh, again the minimum viable product we talked about in the first uh the first episode um i'll leave it there i'm a little i'm like cautiously <laughs> cautiously optimistic uh, i hope it works out i have my doubts i hope it works out what i will say about cig though um they are very transparent in in kind of where they're at and what they're doing. We might not always be happy with that as the consumer. In fact, most of the time we're not because we want a game right now. Uh, but they're very they're very vocal and they're very transparent about what's going on, even like to the to their detriment, right? So like. And I was a critic as well when this happened. But 318, Dumpster Fire, and the marketing team was like, hey, take a screenshot in game. I mean, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Like, how am I supposed to take a screenshot in the game if I can't get in it? So, you know, the, the show must, must go on. There still has to be these efforts. Uh, the lore team still needs to write lore. The sound team needs to continue to develop, you know, sound that you might not even notice, but dropping a can on the floor might have a priority you know in a cycle um the way a ship turns on like like this is that these are all important things that it's not it's not like everybody drops what they're doing to help put out the fire the show must go on if you will for all the other segments of of development so there's a lot of quotes about <laughs> there's a lot of quotes about the lord team like why is the lord team dropping uh you know stories whenever we can't even get in the game well, this is probably the best time to get into it, guys. Like, <laughs> if you can't get into the game, go to the website and start reading about the lore. Create a podcast. Look what I did. I <laughs> uh, can't get in the game, and here I am talking about it. So, um, which I can't get in the game. That's not fair. But um, find find your other ways to get involved in Star Citizen because there's 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 many of there's many things to do. Uh, but I think the teams can walk and chew gum at the same time. And we talked about in the first episode, but 
giving some slack where slack is like earned and where slack is due. And then honestly, uh, holding their feet to the fire as we are all investors. Some of us have spent over $10,000 in the game. You should consider yourself as an investor. Um, they're all pledges. You don't own anything. I think that's a reality we all need to stomach. You don't own anything, uh, but you are an investor. And so you do have a voice. Go to Spectrum and voice it, right? Uh, just, I don't know, just do so in a professional way. <laughs> like there are humans on the other side of the keyboard. Just keep that in mind before you just go and destroy someone's life uh, because they still have to log off at the end of the night. They still spend time with their family and they go to bed. Don't be the reason why they can't sleep. Cool. All right. Let's get back. Let's get back to the agenda, guys. Um, so that was Wednesday. That was great. Uh, and then this morning, or at some point today, uh, the hundred fiftieth episode of Inside Star Citizen hit, um, which has the latest sprint report. Now, given like life, um, like my job, and then getting my kids to Taekwondo and puppy madness. I have a brand new puppy. It's, it's all crazy. I haven't been able to watch it. Now, what I owe you as a content creator moving forward is actually watching the content to be able to speak to it. I just haven't been able to watch today's uh, Inside Star Citizen. But as always, I encourage you. I know it's around the 20 minute mark, so it's not a huge uh, time out of your day. Um, But with it being the latest sprint report, it might behoove you um, to look at it and read about it um, and and what to expect, right, Uh, in the next couple of weeks and months but what i will do right what i will do is kind of meet i guess halfway and let's talk about the release view right the progress tracker the release view gonna go back to screen my uh, share my screen um this is accessible information that anybody can go to again i i love how transparent this company is but robertspaceindustries.com forward slash roadmap forward slash release view <clears throat> and here's what you can expect out of the next patches it, it's a great user interface again I, I i haven't let me just pause real quick i don't know of really i don't know of any other game that has like this kind of support um outside of the game like I know like World of Warcraft had the armory where you could have like an app on your phone and show all your friends like the gear that you had. Like I know that kind of existed. Um, but this like this like does that on adrenaline. Like like this this does it like tenfold. Um, so go and get lost in the website. It's actually insane. And we're gonna be spending a lot of time in the next twenty-eight minutes. We're going to spend a lot of time in the website uh, and getting into some of these details. But back to the release view. Here's everything that you can expect in 3.18. And, and this is, again, this is great information. 3.18 is broken into five categories. So there's locations, gameplay, ships and vehicles, weapons and items, and core tech. Um, so again, if anything interests you more than others, you can click on the drop down box and it gives you a little descriptor. Uh, we're going to go through each one. I think this is important. So 318, the patch that I think a lot of us are struggling to get into. Uh, <laughs> here's the location. So the Daymar crash site, there's a derelict settlement of Star Runner and 600i crash sites on Daymar. So just adding discoverable content on planet side. That's super awesome. New Rivers in Stanton. 
Uh, that's first off, Microtech is one of the most gorgeous experiences in gaming I've ever had. It is an amazing, beautiful, like serene landscape. Um, but now they're adding like rivers and like water going through cannon canyons. Um, it's it's actually it's actually a great experience. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful experience. Sand cave archetypes building and distributing sand caves in Stanton. So more all uh, alternative subterranean experiences, right? So like, I think we've all seen the three or four versions where you have like a bounty, you go and you pursue this like one or 10 people um, inside of a cave. It's kind of the same cave. There's like three versions or four versions. Well, they're adding a lot more. This is the sand cave archetype. So again, very beautiful from the screenshots I've seen. I actually haven't seen it in game myself. Um, they also released like racing Racing is a thing in 318 as 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 a whole as as general. Um, there is ground racing, there is flying racing, and there's in your mission log. There's missions to take on um, racing. This for locations is a Grey Cat PTV racetrack, implementing a new PTV racetrack in the city of Orison. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what's cool? And again, it excites me about this game. But you can be running around Orison and there's signage. Like there's there's a um, holographic signage that you walk by and it's got like the Grey Cat PTV racetrack advertising on it, giving you directions and information. Um, I, 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 man, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of a game that does that, that has like real time advertisement. Uh, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not sure. This is where you. I would love for you to email us at starcitizenbtv at gmail.com and let me know. But otherwise, I, I don't know of anything real-time like this where it updates and it gives you, like, the news of what's happening, like, today. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So there's your locations updates for 318 gameplay. The cargo system refractor, right? So refractor the ship cargo system to support found and purchase cargo. Um, that's super exciting and very important for future patch releases um saw some videos of like using the uh tractor beam to move these massive drives around the ship and like implementing them into their their sockets right like their their locations again the potential of this game and having that kind of control uh putting missiles inside of their um you know their silos freaking amazing i i I am playing this game for that kind of simulation. So cargo system refractor, super awesome. Uh, there's new missions in the prison. So it's not just like, um, it's not just like repairing an oxygen machine or mining minerals to get out. So there's some additional missions and sandbox activities to give inmates more opportunities to earn merits. Um, the security post Korea reactivation. So if you don't want to go to prison and you have a crime stat, um, you have to get a tiger claw and go to um, Korea. And, I, and there might be more. I'm just I'm only familiar with Korea, but there's this whole like process to remove crime stats, uh, and this is this is basically this is it. So security post Korea reactivation, Crusader security have moved back into Korea and are bringing the station back online. Uh, new missions in Orison, bounty, assassinate, 
clear all and other missions to take place actually on the platforms in Orison. Here's your time trial race missions. Players will be able to test their maneuvering skills on various racetracks around Stanton. Super cool. Last but not least, obviously salvage. I think when people think 318, they think salvaging, right? They think of the, oh, oh no, oh no, Vulture? I think it's, oh man, brain fart. I think it's the Vulture. <laughs> uh, but then the Reclaimer, they, they think of those two vehicles and salvaging. So there's your gameplay. Huge updates. I'll go quickly. Ships and vehicles. Oh, thank you so much. The Drake Vulture. <laughs> All tax acquired for the implementation of the Drake Vulture salvage ship. And then the new and very, very hotly debated topic, the RSI Scorpius and Terrace. I don't even want to get into that. Uh, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the background of the ship, and then I'm going to shut up. Um, but everybody's familiar with the X-wing like ship called the RSI Scorpius, one of my favorite ships in the game. It plays homage to another space world. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, but the wings look like an X. <clears throat> cough cough uh, but they made it a, a, a version of this ship that has both like quantum drive uh, has like an EMP and a quantum drive MP <laughs> but it's got both bombs so it's basically like the 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 ultimate um, the ultimate version of a support ship um, so having one, two, maybe three of these in a fight squadron um, is going to make all the difference in the world. But again, this one little ship can stop everything from happening. Turn your stuff off. Being able to take a Carrick full of materials or a C2 full of materials and just freeze it in place for pirates to board. I mean, this is kind of the start, in my opinion, the start of like true piracy looping in the game. So, again, I'm going to stop there. I don't have an opinion on it. I don't care. I love the Scorpius. I love fighting with it as a support ship. I don't know. I'm sure there will be many balancing acts in the future to accommodate um, kind of the OP nature of the Antares. But moving on. Weapons and items. Uh, the Great Cat Multi-Tool now has a salvage attachment. Um, huge right like there's a lot of videos online uh, there's one actually inside star citizen from last week where they're like using the um, like the salvage tools and it's they're marking like names and stuff on the side of, of holes uh, it's actually just a really cool it's a really cool tool but having that capability on hand for those of you that are interested in salvaging but maybe not the whole loop but are interested in getting some of those materials to sweeten the deal when you get back to your spaceport. Um, it's a great, a great side tool. Last but not least, core tech. This to me is always the most important piece, in my opinion. But we have the persistent entity streaming. We talked about that pretty thoroughly in episode one, but this was like step two. Right, we have server meshing is like the final step, um, but this was like step two to get us there. The persistent entity streaming, it's core technology to allow all items to fully persist in the game universe. Um, this was important, and maybe the reason why like the house is on fire, um, or the allusion to the Jenga tower falling over. Um, this might be it. I don't know. I don't have enough knowledge to, to say that, but a huge technology update um, that we should all be excited for. And last but not least, uh, Gen 12, the scene renderer. 
excuse me, the new rendering architecture to improve performance. Not going to say no to improved performance, but we all uh, started talking about this because of Xylo's report, right? 318, 318.1, 318.2, straight into 319. We're all kind of doing everything at once. So I wanted to talk about the release view. This is what we should already be seeing at 318. And then here's what we get to look forward to. Again, in Zylo's message mentioning 319, I'm going to go quickly. Uh, We're at 19 minutes left, and I want to hold us to that one-hour mark. 319, let's go. Uh, Locations. So, Lorville Cityscape, a rework of the Lorville Landing Zone skyline. Please. I cannot wait for this. I cannot wait to see the new cityscape for Lorville. Um, I think all of the cities are these gorgeous creations from the dev teams and the artists. Like, kudos to you. I think there's some homage to, like, cyberpunk, um, maybe Final Fantasy, like their Star Wars, City in the Clouds. Um, I think there's a lot of references, um, but it's just a gorgeous kind of merging um, of, of all those colors. Lorville has always been, to me, this kind of, like, it got left in the dust, which is kind of a joke if you're familiar with Lauraville. It's basically a sand system. Um, but I feel like it got left in the dust. You fly through some crowd, uh, some clouds, and it's this beautiful landscape of like industry, right? Um, but it never crossed me as being as stunning as, especially New Babbage, uh, but not as stunning as Orson or even Area 18. Um, I still loved Lorville, but hated flying into it because of just the way it looked and, and made you feel. So reworking the cityscape, I cannot wait for this. I might even make Lorville my home again if we ever do another character reset, just because of its centrality to all of Stanton. Uh, kind of puts you in the middle of, you know, Microtech and Crusader and uh, R Corp. Puts you right in the center there. Um, a lot of activities happen. The first racing map is there in Lorville. Uh, I will probably make this my new home when it releases. So, yeah, I'm actually really excited about that. All right. Gameplay. Uh, this is tentative. They made sure. Wow. Why can I not say that? Tentative. But <laughs> um, the new player experience. An initiative for improving the initial first 30 minutes of gameplay experience, which is needed. I had the blessing of starting with Conniff. Y'all met Conniff in episode one. I had the blessing of working with him and him showing me the ropes. Had he not been there, uh, it would have been very difficult to do this on my own. It would have been really rough. Um, I don't even think I would have been able to make it to the spaceport because of all the different trams. I mean, heaven forbid you start playing on day one in Orison because of that trans system. Um, but I needed Conniff there. And so, you know, every now and then they'll have a, like a coaching, um, initiative where like a seasoned player like myself can volunteer as a coach and I can bring new players on and teach them the ropes and you'll get rewarded with like paints and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Kind of a cool system, but they do need to address like that tutorial. What does that look like for that day one player who doesn't have the initial friends to play the game with, but needs something right. needs to show them the ropes. And in fact, the Lorville cityscape got a plus one. So only one person was like, hey, yeah, do it. This one got plus six. 
So there's definitely a lot more attention to the new player experience. New missions, <clears throat> salvage contracts, please, right? Give me a reason and kind of direction instead of just going to a belt and flying around the asteroids and hoping to find, um, you know, a ship to salvage. Give me some missions. Give me direction. I love it. It's a great idea. Uh, new missions, ghost hollow PVP mission. Okay. Adding a new player versus player mission type to Ghost Hollow on Microtech. I dig it. Right now, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But right now, my only experience with PvP has been like the Siege of Orison uh, in Jump Town. Right? The Siege of Orison kind of forces players together. It's almost PvE, but I've been... I, I've been dead before <laughs> by by a buddy of mine. Uh <laughs> So that happens. Uh, but but Jump Town, I think, is probably the first uh, PvP thing that comes to mind. Uh, it forces all gamers in a server, you know, 100, 150 people. It kind of forces them into this one location to gather uh, drugs, if you will, uh, and deliver them. Well, of course, everybody comes in and it's like a troll. It's a troll fest. <laughs> Right, you get the A2 bomber that blows up the entire like area. You've got um, scouts. It's actually kind of a neat concept, but you got like scouts that are breaking intel. They're like on general chat. Hey, there's ten, ten ships coming in. You know, now's the time to control everybody. Uh, it's it's a thing, but I'm interested to see what they do with PvP. Is there more guidance, or will it always be this wild west approach? I think that's an interesting conversation. Last but not least, ships and vehicles. I personally am super excited about this. The uh, ships and vehicles. Finally, the RSI links rover. And I'm excited about that because I'm one of the few that has a, a Phoenix Emerald. And if you look at the brochure, which I'm a nerd. Of course, I've looked at the brochure. <laughs> um, but the Phoenix and the Phoenix Emerald comes with an RSI Lynx Rover. It's a ground vehicle that fits into the garage. Uh, right now, there's a loaner vehicle. I believe it's the Ursa. Um, the Ursa, it's like a, it's like an ATV uh, or a, a, a personal, a personal carrier, APV, armored personnel vehicle. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, so, so I, I can't wait to I can't wait to actually have the ship that belongs or the vehicle that belongs with the Phoenix. So super excited about it i've seen a couple of pictures that are in concept that it looks beautiful looks gorgeous i am going to be driving this around at all times when i'm on planet side so can't wait for that okay thanks for joining me on that journey through through this week in star citizen um you know we did cover uh, the lore drop wednesday xylos update uh thursday's the sprint report we just covered um what is coming in 318 what still has to come in 318 and what's coming in 319 um with 12 minutes left uh, i had a bad feeling about this well 12 minutes left i want to talk about like star citizen but that next level if you're listening to this podcast and if you're still listening uh 48 minutes into it um you probably already know what the game is we know it's a space simulation uh servers are 150 characters wide so are full so you you know you drop in and you live you exist in space and you have these jobs <clears throat> to, to, to get money, uh, to buy your ships, your starter ships. You take off, you go from point A to point B. And again, you're just performing these contracts to garner an income. 
And just like any other loop you might think of, you know, you're building this income to buy better ships and better gear. Like that's dumbing down the game severely. Um, but that, but that's it, right? Like on face value, that's it. Now there's lore. There's four races of aliens. Um, there is what 930 years of separation between real life and this game. So 2953 is the current year. Um, so you've got this massive window of like story and lore. Uh, this also takes place. Star Citizen takes place around 2948, right? So about six years ago, uh, f- about, about five years ago. Um, this is after the events that happen in Squadron 42, which is 2945, right? So uh, you're living in this kind of. I hate saying this, y'all. It's kind of like Grand Theft Auto, how they have the main story and then GTA Online or Red Dead Redemption Online. It's kind of like that. Think of it in that kind of uh, lens. But that's what this game is. But I wanted to go uh, just a little deeper, maybe provide like a different look Um on this game and and if i don't get to the lore deep dive we'll cover the lore deep dive in the next episode but i do think this is like super interesting um that somebody a a good friend of mine uh discovered and i'm actually right now i'm uploading the photos so i can screen share those whenever we get to that point so working at amazon i have a couple of friends in amazon game studios um I'm really good friends with the head of community. Uh, I'm really good friends with a couple of the senior uh, producers. And this is actually coming from one of those senior producers. We'll call him Matt. Leave it there. Uh, but me and Matt were talking and I was trying to get a, an idea of, of how much money is, is a lot in the, in the world of gaming. So let me first just share my screen and show y'all the funding stats of CIG's um, Star Citizen. So again, this is public knowledge. This is as transparent as you can get. RobertSpaceIndustries.com forward slash funding goals. They have raised uh, since since taking money in. They have raised five hundred and sixty point five million dollars. Now, if you're like me and you hear that or you read that, you're like, okay, it sounds like a lot. I don't know. Is it a lot? Like, what's it relative to? And that's why I asked Matt this question. But just real quick, that's $560.5 million spread across 4.5 million start citizens or accounts. So quick math, that's $140 per gamer, which is pretty, I mean... It makes sense. I mean, that, that that does actually make sense if you think about it. There are people that have spent thousands and thousands of thousand dollars, and you have some that have just paid the thirty, right, to get like the base ships. So that kind of averages out one hundred and forty dollars per gamer uh, to get in this game. That that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't sound like anything crazy, until until I looked at this. So uh, the most expensive films. The most expensive films, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, $447 million. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, $416 million. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, $379 million. That's just the top three. 
We're at 500 million and more and counting. So it's already more money. It's already more money raised than the most expensive films. I, I, that's crazy to me. It gets crazier, y'all. <laughs> it, gets, it gets crazier. Here we go. Official figures. You can look at the publishers. These are all the games, right? Star Citizen, uh, what do we say? 560.5 million. Cyberpunk development cost 174 million. Just look at this table. <laughs> look at this table. The development cost for Star Citizen is $415 million. The next game, Cyberpunk 2077, $174 million. Let that sink in. <laughs> this game has so much money tied to it. And I, that's not a bad thing. I personally, I, I, I personally don't think this is a bad thing at all. Um, it just means people are invested. And so... You know, when you've got this like loud community of people being upset, well, there's been a lot of money put into this game and it's more money than I thought, um, I thought was the case. Like, like this is crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy to me that Star Citizen is like three times the cost of the next, you know, most expensive game to develop. And it is... What a hundred million more dollars than the most expensive film in Star Wars: The Force Awakens? What? <laughs> Unbelievable! Unbelievable! All right, I have five more minutes, and I think I can do this without like without giving it a discredit. I think I can do this. So, for the lore deep dive, I wanted to go through the first one hundred and fifty years. And let me, I'm going to show y'all, uh, I'm going to go back to my screen share. I'm going to show y'all my mastermind of, of Excel spreadsheets, which if you follow Soul Provision, which is our in-game organization on Twitter, you would see some of this during our voting, right? I, I took all this like analysis and explication over, you know, the number of votes that went in, you know, per vehicle and time of day. Like it was just insane what I did there. I basically took my my profession at Amazon and applied it to my video game. So bear with me here. Um, but let me walk you through the first 150 years using this, using this tool. So top left today is March 30th, right? March 30th, 2023, 930 years from now, it is 2953. So in game, it is 2953. You're going to see that you know, on posts, you're going to see that in Inside Star Citizen, people are going to say 2953. That's why we are 930 years in the future. Well, this goes back the first time capsule, right? That goes back to explain kind of where we are and how we got here. It goes all the way back to May 3rd, 2075, which was 52 years from now. So just just think where you're at right now. Think about 52 years in the future. And that is where we start seeing the time capsules uh, start. And when I say time capsule, you can go on to Galactopedia. You can search the, the subject of time capsule. Um, and it's basically the major uh, milestones that 
happened between modern day to 2953. So what I wanted to do was go through these articles quickly in the next three minutes. I'm just going to read through them and we're going to land the plane right after um, the Great Mars tragedy of 2125. So come on this journey with me. May 3rd. 2075, 52 years in the future. Time capsule. The stars get a little close. The morning of May 3rd, 2075, started out like any other. Rebecca Childress sat at the dining table coloring while her mom watched the morning news. It was these moments, Rebecca recounted many years later, that she loved the most. This day, however, would stick out in her mind, as well as the mind of every human on the planet. Here's an excerpt from Rebecca Childress's diary. Mommy made omelets again today. I was coloring when I saw Daddy on the holo. I screamed for Mom. Danny started screaming and running around the table. So annoying. There he was, standing next to the president. They were talking about space and stuff, which was cool. But he looked so important standing there. We hadn't seen him for so long. He had a beard now. Shout out. (laughs) Mommy doesn't like it, but I think it looks funny. Whenever Daddy was about to leave, I asked him why he had to work all the time. And he always told me the same thing. He was trying to give me the stars. Dr. Scott Childress and his team had completed the first self-sustaining quantum drive engine capable of achieving one one-hundredth the speed of light. For the first time, humanity could explore the solar system with unprecedented speed. April 21st, 2113, 90 years in the future. Time capsule. When did we go too far? Editorial from the United Times Archive, published April 21st, 2113. Start a file. When Do We Go Too Far? by Hennigan Terrell. Unless you've been hiding under a rock the past week, you've no doubt heard of RSI's latest achievement. So let me recap for the rock dwellers. They claim to have designed a machine that can process the atmosphere of a planet to convert it to a sustained oxygen environment making it habitable for humans. In short, they're talking about terraforming. Yeah, that's right, the stuff out of science fiction. I know everyone's excited about the opportunities this presents, but no one seems to be taking a breath and thinking what this really means. So once again, it's up to me to be the voice of reason in this techno-hysteria. That's right, dear readers. I'm going to ask the question that no one is asking. You ready? If we can terraform a planet, why should we? I'll give you a second. Think about that. I'll say it again. Just because we can do something, do we have to? I know the pundits over at SSNTV like to poke fun at me, making me out to be a technophobe, but I'll tell you this. I didn't have a problem with the cloning initiatives. I didn't even have a problem with the gene coding to minimize inherited disorders and diseases. Those things were achievements to help make lives better. What is this for? What is it an aid of? At what point are we going too far? Seriously, we're talking about restructuring the very air of a planet. The planets we're talking about were formed like that for a reason. 
Who are we to assume that the universe wants us to mold planets to benefit us? We aren't gods, and playing around with the fundamental fabric of a planet is arrogant and dangerous. I know this is probably going to fall on deaf ears. The world is too high, basking in our own magnificence, but I promise you, nothing good will come of this. End file. January 1st. Actually, you know what? The date actually isn't in here, but the year is. 2120. So we don't know the month, we don't know the day. 2120. 97 years in the future. Time capsule. Give these people air. This is where it starts getting good. After years of simulations and tests, the governments of the world pull their knowledge and resources to attempt the first planetary conversion. The test subject, Mars. Teams of surveyors were dispatched to the planet's surface to generate topographical maps, to decide Atmo processor placement, and test surface samples for possible contaminants to the new oxygen environment. It was our first top-to-bottom exploration of our nearest planet, and the governments of the world weren't going to leave anything to chance. The year 2125, 102 years in the future. Time capsule, a dark day. Source. Sentinel News Org. Uploaded. Mid-Atlantic servers at 7.53 Eastern. Author, Kelsey Forsett. Start file. Today is a dark day. In the pursuit of human advancement, the history books tend to favor the brave men and women who succeed. The Wright brothers, the John Glens, the Edwin Pierces distinguished themselves because they were the ones that did it, that made it through. But around the monolith of every achievement are the bodies of those that tried and failed. Today is a dark day, and today we're going to celebrate the brave men and women who laid down their lives in the tragedy that struck Mars at 4.38 Eastern this morning. While the public waits for an official statement regarding what happened, our sources have indicated that a chemical miscalculation in the planetary atmospheric processors made the new atmosphere unstable. The atmosphere didn't stick, said a government official, who asked not to be named. The planet was in the final stages of terraforming. An oxygen-sustaining environment had been in place for the past two weeks. The scientific community on the planet were still vetting the system, but were two days away from an official declaring the planet secure. This confidence in the atmosphere meant that none of the crew were wearing the appropriate breathing apparatus. While technically a violation of operating protocol, we are told that there was no indication for the ground crew to assume that the atmosphere was anything but stable. Whatever was ultimately responsible happened so fast that no one was able to sound an alarm or seal the ventilations of the various installations around the planet. The tragedy will no doubt rekindle the long-standing arguments about the merits of terraforming. In the president's blog statement this morning, she addressed the possibility of an international committee to investigate how to move forward from this. While I understand that the notion of terraforming stirs emotions both for and against, the 4,876 souls that died working to push humanity forward we need to make sure that whatever decision we come to, 
we move forward honoring the sacrifice made by the heroes of Mars. End file. <coughs> Excuse me. And that is known as the Great Mars Tragedy of 2125. The year 2140, 117 years in the future. Time capsule. A ship in every garage. While the creation of the RSI quantum drive engine has made our solar system more accessible, it was still the province of governments, the growing core fleets, and the super wealthy. That was about to change. And last, 2157, 134 years in the future. Time capsule, blue skies on Mars. After almost 40 years of trial and tragedy, Mars is officially classified as an oxygen-sustaining environment. A memorial to those who passed in the Great Mars Tragedy of 25 is unveiled after an official declaration with Senator Stephen Wynne as the keynote speaker. This is a transcript of his speech. My brother Sean loved to build. When we were kids, I was the one who played sports and ran for student congress. He was always tinkering with things. It wasn't weird in our house to suddenly come home to the distro box disassembled and arranged on the living room floor for Sean, or Sean, crawling around the ventilation shafts because he heard a clicking. There was one time, and I could never prove it, but I think he got to the dog. He was 10, mind you, 10 years old and already gifted. Maybe gifted is the wrong word, because it wasn't just his talent, it was his curiosity and the absolute joy he got from breaking something apart and seeing how all the pieces mattered. As the years went by, we sort of drifted apart. He was just my weird, nerdy little brother who kept taking apart my stuff. We went to school on opposite sides of the world. He studied engineering and physics. A surprise to no one, I did my thing. As adults, we would check in from time to time, but I wouldn't say we were particularly close. More like acquaintances than brothers. We were just too different. I liked the Phoenix Five. He thought they were derivative. I thought the new citizenship program was an important way to reward the people who actively want to build a stronger nation. He thought it was elitist, and so it went. Many years ago, when I won my first district seat, Sean showed up to the victory party. I think an aide must have invited him. To be honest, it never occurred to me even to try. Someone on my staff said they saw him in the corner, obviously uncomfortable around the crowd. He didn't even come talk to me, just wrote a note and asked someone to give it to me. Here's what it said. Hey, Stephen. You look like you had a lot of people to talk to, so I didn't want to interrupt. But I just wanted to say, you're awesome, man. I know we bicker and fight, but it gives me hope that someone who really believes in their convictions is going into government. It's really exciting, and I'm so happy for you. Just remember, no matter what that ugliness surrounds you, be brave, be yourself, and you'll be fine. My brother, Sean. Sean the Destroyer. Sean the Rebuilder. Sean was one of the many lost in the tragedy of 2125. Since then, I've never been able to hear one of his aggravating rants on politics or one of his ridiculously dull ramblings about alloys and stress points. It is a solace that the project that claimed my brother's life has now been completed. This monument, a small consolation compared to the loss of these people, will at least keep their names alive for the rest of humanity to see forever. You know what? Forgive my bluntness, but screw that. 
I don't want people to look at this memorial and be quiet and introspective. I want the names chiseled into this rock to spark a fire in them, a fire to challenge themselves, to challenge humanity. I want the names on this rock to be a battle cry for all of us to excel, to burst out into the universe and to find our destiny. So in the words of my stupid little brother, be brave, everyone. Be yourself and we'll all be fine. And that wraps up our lore deep dive for today's episode. Do not tell me that this game does not have lore. That was seven time capsule articles. Um, that I just I find totally intriguing. Now, granted, this time last year, my wife and I were watching. Um, oh man, what is that space show? Gonna say the last of us that's not the space show <laughs> um, but we were watching a space show um and we were already like living in that universe each night and so we had this story um oh, the danger will robinson movie that's gonna bother me. I'm gonna come back on Twitter and tweet it. Anyways, wife and I are watching it. It's a phenomenal story. We're living in space. We're living with this family on this ship, um, and I, I, I wanted there to be a game that I could get lost in space. There you go, lost in space. Uh, I wanted to get lost in space. I wanted to be a citizen in space, and this is around the time when Conniff introduced me to the game. And again, do not tell me that this game does not have lore. It's everywhere. Whether you find it in the Galactopedia, where you find it online, where you find it in the game, like on the wall in advertisements and movie advertisements that are literally in the game on a screen, um, you will be inundated with lore and story from the past 930 years. So this podcast will continue to bring you the news. It'll continue to bring you updates and this week in Star Citizen. And hopefully we'll get some devs in here and have some really awesome conversations about what it's like creating this game and really peeking behind the curtain in that sense. But we will always end each show with a lore deep dive to bring you kind of a so what factor. What is what does it mean to be a Star Citizen beyond clicking, you know, a rotation on your keyboard? Right? Or getting the right ship with the right cannons and setup, right? There's a reason why you play this game. And then for me personally, it's it's the story. Right? On that note, let's go ahead and wrap up. We're 10 minutes late. I'm okay with that. Hope you are too. <laughs> You've been listening to Beyond the Verse. <clears throat> Star Citizen podcast with your host, Solace. You can join our in-game organization, uh Soul Provision by applying at Robert Space Industries. Whoa, that just hit. Awesome. Uh, you can join our in-game organization, Soul Provision, by applying at robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash provision. You can also get involved in the conversation with your questions, comments, and again, like I said, colorful emotional outbursts by emailing us at starcitizenbtv, bravo tango victor, at gmail.com. Watch us live on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central at YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash at symbol. Star Citizen BTV. And you can follow the conversation over at Twitter and Instagram, both at forward slash Star Citizen BTV. Once again, thank you for joining us. 
We hope this finds you well, and we look forward to you joining us as we go beyond the verse. Take care, everybody.